You come here out of the blue, asking for 20 hits, just so happens 20 is the magic number where intent to sell becomes trafficking? Todd, I would never fuck you like that. How would you fuck me? Welcome to episode 17 of I Think I Like This Movie, America's Least Necessary Film Criticism Podcast. This week, we revisit the 1999 film Go, featuring, uh, well, a whole slate of people we'll have plenty of time to talk about later. Our guest is the only person from high school I still speak to, longtime <laughs> friend and one-time roommate, Chris Dion. Chris, who is this movie for? Ooh, good question. My initial gut reaction, I guess, would be somebody who saw Pulp Fiction and thought, I think teens might like this too, if we could like reimagine it somehow. But other than that, I don't know. I really don't know. Like it appears to be written by a guy who did ecstasy once and couldn't wait to tell everybody <laughs> about it. But I don't know, I don't, it's not a comedy. It's not no. like really like, it's not like an action, they're action-y scenes, but like, it's not like an action film. It's not, uh, I don't know, like a, really a drama. Like it's, it's, I don't, I don't know what to call this. Will, it, it, this was your first time watching this too, Will, right? Yeah, I found it a baffling uh, experience and my, <laughs> I watched it with my wife and uh, she, she mentioned something called Party X. She, I, I don't, I don't know the movie either, but like it seemed her, her frame of reference was something called Party X where it's like, it starts as like a party movie, but it's sort of like, continues this comedic thing along with it and i was like i have no fucking idea what that means <laughs> and because I, I don't i don't i don't i don't watch party movies i was never part of the party scene yeah i mean uh, i get i guess that's right it's a party it's a is that is that a, is that a genre party movie but that's that's the problem that we were having is like i have no fucking idea what this movie is supposed to be i have m copious notes <laughs> regarding like <laughs> all the problems i have with it well let's get into all that in a minute this is chris's movie he brought us the movie uh neither of us had, you, chris. Had, had seen the movie uh chris as as the guest as the one bringing it to us uh first off the bat why did you think you liked this movie uh well you'll go back to high school because this is like 1990 we were sophomores then right sure yeah right depending now. on when it came out yeah yeah um i mean i i thought like the whole rave club scene, you know, kind of like I wore Janko jeans in sophomore year of high school, you know, with a, oh, I know it's, it's so embarrassing, but I mean, I, I did. And, you know, like the, the, the beaded, you know, metal necklaces and stuff like that. And this is, movie kind of like tapped into that a little bit. And, you know, maybe it was just like the, like, oh, I wanted to be a part of that. And I, I thought it was kind of cool because maybe, you know, it was a story and, you know, a movie in three parts and it had all these things going on. And I just thought like that whole idea was neat. Uh, oh yeah. That, that, and, you know, nudity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I, I, I refer back to, to uh, episode eight, uh, cage, the Oliphant, and we'll talk about Timothy Oliphant, who is also yeah. in this movie. <laughs> but uh, when Justin Clues said the reason he saw gone in 60 seconds, it was the PG 13 movie of the week that he was allowed to see, you know, I'm like, right, sure. Like that's, that makes sense. Um, there are, there are very basic reasons that we go to see things as teenage boys. Um, so they're like really bad fake boobs. They're not like even good. Boobs. Didn't care when I was 18, like 17, didn't care. Yeah. They were boobs. There's yeah. a lot, there's a lot less to measure against at yeah. that point. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, not, not great boobs. The yeah. Well, anyway, the the like it had all of the stuff that like it had gunshots and it had, you know, drug deals and it had nudity and sex and like and like not like really like aggressively like out there but i get i don't know it was a threesome like i guess that's like a that was probably a big deal in like 1999 yeah. you know like like it, it felt like it was like it thought it was pushing the envelope and i don't know if that was just but like didn't we didn't we already have wild things in like 97 yeah isn't, isn't that kind of like the threesome that everybody thinks of like probably. it's even referenced in in parks and rec 
But I mean, like that, that was like a big thing. Like that was, that was the whole thing of the movie. That was like, that was literally the selling point of the movie, right? It yeah. was like, yeah. Disney, Denise Richards is in a threesome. Like that was the, yeah. the entire, like, like that might as well have just been like the log line, you know? Hey, hey, like, hey, it, Nev, Nev Campbell was there too, Noah. Right. I, 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 <laughs> but to that point, I didn't remember who the other person was. <laughs> I, actually, I also did not remember. It's been a long time since I ever thought that, of that. That was, that was the party of five time. And speaking of which, Scott Wolf. Speaking so, of which, yeah. I know, there's going to be a lot of that. Um, all right. Well, before we get too far down this road, Chris, um, <laughs> we we need you to try to explain to people who have not seen this film what exactly happened in this film. So in your best, let's call it, you know, 30 seconds or less, hopefully, uh, try to just give us a, pl- a just a beat by beat. Don't get don't get down into the, the little stuff. Just what is what was the plot of this movie? All right, so it's it's three stories in one movie, and the nexus of which is a character from each of the individual three stories meets at a grocery store, and that is the nexus of the movie. And then basically, it follows a character that from the nexus of the grocery store through their next, I'm assuming, twenty four to thirty six hours. And I mean, that's that's kind of it without going into in, in each individual story. I mean, we're going to, um, we, we are a spoiler heavy podcast. So we're, we're going to talk about what happened. Uh, Will, do you, do you want to just sort of pick up and uh, we can fill in the, the gaps there? Yeah, there's, there's murder, there's intrigue, there's uh, drug dealing. There's a lot of stuff that happens that sort of picks up between the, the three lines, you know? Uh, but the, yeah, the big thing is it's a bunch of people who, don't seem to know each other, but they do know each other. They all work together at a grocery store. Three people who work together at a grocery store and the way that they are tied to a drug dealer in town and then the stories that revolve around that, basically, right? Yeah, and and a a drug sting bust, whatever you want to call it. But yeah. Yeah. And and two gay actors who aren't gay until the last third of the movie. Well, they're way too pretty to, to be straight. They, they they go mega gay at the end. <laughs> they do <laughs> it's really weird it's, it's actually very strange yeah so well and, and the film uh like i would say you know a, a fair amount of films of this era sort of sort of tries to make its its mark through it, it's not necessarily non-linear storytelling but it's it's certainly not you know just a a to z it sort of goes a to Z once, A to Z twice, A to Z, or or you know M to Z or something. It picks up in the middle again and, and carries these three different storylines. Right. And, and then the point is that those storylines are then are told sequentially, like individually. We see everything from one character's point of view, then it picks up with another character character's point of view at the same point, and then a third character's point of view from again the same point where their stories sort of break off in different directions. Yeah, it's, uh, sort, of, it's sort of like Baby's first Pulp Fiction. <laughs> That's it. Very appropriate. <laughs> yeah, hey, that not, might be that might be the well. title. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It, well, I was thinking my 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 first thought was like, like this is this was a cute attempt at like it, it, it was someone who thought that they were making Memento and then they went and saw Memento and were like, oh right, that's how you make Memento. <laughs> like that's how you how you tell a non-linear story in a way that actually is compelling and you know, um, because right like there's. I, at least for me, and again, Will and I just saw this for the first time. We had no no background with it. I got about twenty five minutes in. And I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" I don't like. And and we had the strangest car crash scene this side of Meet Joe Black episode oh, three, uh, where you're just like, "What the hell?" You know. And then she, you, it appears that our like character is dead in a ditch, and then of course the movie sort of like restarts. Um, but it really got it, it it got past the point of like i think where it got it was like sort of intriguing to the point where you're like i just don't even know what we're doing here anymore and then you're like okay i mean the, the cardinal sin of any movie is if you're going to present yourself as a black comedy and then not be funny that's that's just the worst fucking thing because it just, does it does seem to present itself as a black comedy but it's not fucking funny no, it, it, it's not. And I mean, I, I have the DVD boxes. Yeah, I own this movie. I, I bought it like shortly after I watched it in the theaters. And like quotes from Entertainment Weekly, a razor sharp 
dark comedy, son of Pulp Fiction. And then Washington Post, quote, Go is very, very funny. And I mean, for me, it's like there were a couple scenes that I chuckled at, but I wouldn't say I laughed at anything like, you know, oh, that's so funny. The the only thing that I thought was really funny that, that I actually was like, this is my favorite part of the movie. Like as soon as it happened, I was like, this is, this is easily my favorite part of the movie was when they thought that like, they, when they'd been invited over for Christmas dinner to the cop and his wife's uh, house and they're like, thought they were trying to rope them into some sexual thing. And then it turned out that they were just operating on some giant multi-level marketing scheme and trying to get them just to sell. I was like, I was like, that's, that's easily the funniest thing in this entire movie. That's definitely the funniest thing. You see, Confederated Products is a multi-level direct wholesaling company, which means we don't just sell the products ourselves. No, sir, you're Bob. We recruit and manage teams that work under us. Now, Irene and I started eight months ago, and already we're pulling in 50000 a year in revenues. We're the number four distributor in Southern California. You got that one, babe. And by March, we might be number three. Like, it yeah. didn't make any sense, really. Like, it was clearly just, like, a good idea that somebody had that they just, like, shoved in there. But I was like, you know what? I don't care. It, it, at least it's entertaining. It, it, it also comes in at the ass end of the movie. Yeah. After, after you suffered through through an hour and 20 minutes of just the fucking third, misery. The third act, like the third story is like, oh, by the way, we're selling Confederated products. <laughs> you like that CK-1? It's not CK-1. <laughs> but you yeah. loved it, right? It, but, <laughs> it smells great. It didn't even... Like, <laughs> They didn't even like try to like bookend it back in somewhere where like oh there was some other reason why this confederated product was like in there's just there was no attempt to make it make any sense with the rest of the film it was just like a we're just gonna play this gag and i was like okay it's a good gag but like it, it really like gag. like it makes no sense in, in, in anything else that's happening oh absolutely speaking of things that, <laughs> that make no sense uh, why don't we just jump right into like plot holes, continuity errors? Uh, Will you see you have a million notes generally? Oh, uh, why, why don't we start there? <laughs> yeah, I'm a kind of, prolific note taker. We we, we we can kind of go backwards uh, and get into the rest of the stuff. But what what did what did you have uh, in terms of of things that just did not make sense? Uh, right off the bat, if she's replacing ecstasy for baby aspirin, baby aspirin is stamped. There's no fucking way that he wouldn't immediately recognize baby aspirin as being baby aspirin. It's and, even, then he, and then he and then he to take her word for it that like she's handing it back. Like I don't know. Like that whole yeah. That was all. Yeah. That was definitely a stretch. Uh, that doesn't make any word. fucking sense. And then uh, like, why is there a British guy? Why do we have one British guy? Yeah, never explained. No. Never explained. Um, <laughs> there's a guy named Singh who appear who is actually one of the lackeys in Gone in 60 Seconds. Why Why does the British guy suddenly have an Irish accent when he's porking the two Jewish girls? <laughs> also, just like, what what is happening with him this and his friends? Literally, all, all of this is, is but, just but what the who, fuck knows. Oh, oh, I've got, yeah. I've got, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, who are these, like, who are these people? I have, I've had, I've had friends and acquaintances in my life who are responsible who are you know people you you really have to like decide if you're going to spend time with because bad shit might happen i've never i've never ever like known anybody just these i don't want to jump too far ahead but these people couldn't have lived more than like two weeks past the end of this movie oh, like yeah it's, 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 it's all, like how, how did dead. you even wake up yeah they're all dead like and, 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 and point, <laughs> at one point my wife reem was like uh she just kind of left her friend in an alleyway behind a warehouse mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah she's normal i've spent a fair amount of time in vegas and like weird stuff happens in vegas but like that does not happen in Vegas. like you like you just that's not that's i don't know man it's, um this movie sucks <laughs> also like why why was he so eager to like run from a threesome to a strip club like really that's that's where you need to be next like you you touch a stripper's ass and yeah you you get you get whacked and uh right, man not, doesn't run in with a gun whack, but like <laughs> yeah it's, it's, nobody sends a hit squad after you you know they just they, they throw you out of the club because you 
touch somebody's ass and well, and, and well, that's it you, you yeah, don't go back well, to well, the club. usually you get at least a warning like you know no 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 you know that's not allowed well, here they, did, they did do the so they did do the warning but it, the well, it was all pretty contrived though the whole thing it, yeah. yeah it's it's really like you're not gonna you're not gonna send vic <laughs> you know the most new jersey guy of any new jerseyan that has ever existed to go murder somebody in la from also, vegas also, also like they were just using the drug dealer's credit card for all this stuff and then again nothing happened oh, God, out of right. that yeah. how or, or well so like to go to, to address that point too it's like so simon doesn't give favors, right? Or sorry, not Simon. Um, Josh Duhamel's character, like he doesn't give favors. He'd rather give head than give favors. Josh Duhamel? No, not Josh oh, Duhamel. Timothy Olyphant. Timothy Olyphant. Oh they, god, they, 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 they look similar. They, yeah. they, they look similar-ish. Uh, all right, but so he never gives anybody favors, and somehow Simon gets his credit card to be like, "Hey, take this to Vegas and use it at the Crazy Horse." And it seems like he must have stolen it, but then they never explained that. Like, they never actually, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no way he gave it to him. Like, right. Right. But, I mean, he's he's basically like a mid-level buyer from him, right? Because he sell he buys from buys from him and then sells it to Rana and all of Rana's friends. Why would he have the credit card? It, that doesn't make any sense. Nope. Nope. What, what, what other plot holes did you have, Chris? <laughs> Oh, I mean, right. <laughs> so the, the glaring one for me is, um, you know, going to the third act with uh, our, 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 our gay actors in the exo opera, what Adam and Zach. Gay men are so hot. It's tragic. William Fickner's character, who's like a cop, somehow busts them for something to turn them into essentially confidential informants slash, you know, like, their response is like, they're. F- I'm a lawyer. I'm, I'm working criminal defense. Like, they're fucking actors in L.A. How the hell do, is the studio not sending their lawyers, being like, "No, you're not doing this. No way in hell." Yeah, give them a slap on that. And I used to be a prosecutor too. It's like, for a first-time drug offender that bought like probably a dime bag or maybe like a little bit of you know anything. It's like. You give them community service. You don't turn them into a fucking sting operation. And if you're rich and famous, you don't do anything. You pay no. your lawyers and everything goes away. And, well, and and they, that, keep, they, they keep making a reference to like, why did you get caught carrying? And I, I don't know if that's in reference to It's drugs. supposed to be Jay Moore's character like got caught doing something. But they, right, again, it's underexplained. And and the just like... I, I'm the, literally scratching my head. The, the whole it, idea... Like we see, we know, we know that they're on TV because we see, see a scene them, with them. We see them a lot. We see the three employees in the back watching them on TV, which means that Rana, Rana, is that our Rona, Rana? Rona? I don't, I don't know. Whatever, we, Rice that, Rony. that she knows who they are. <laughs> Rice or Rana. <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco treat. But like, but like. Ding, ding. Like she's she's not just like oh these are like two cool dudes she's like she like knows that they're actors ostensibly she has to she's watching them on TV in the back room like right like th- that's how they set it up anyway and so it's like the the whole her then that entire thing of like then she gets freaked out and like he tells her to go and like I just I don't know man the whole like the whole setup is just like what. Why? Why is well, it yeah, in this? Yeah, because theoretically, they, everybody in that area at least, should know that these two dudes are actors on TV because it plays all the time. Because they start the movie with that scene from the show, and right. then they and then they reintroduce it later um, when it turns out that they're gay. I'm putting gay in quotes because they go turbo gay in the third act. <laughs> and it actually like that that part didn't bother me until they actually went mega gay where suddenly they were like screaming and lisping and they were like they seemed fine and they're like oh we're mega gay now. Well, right. they, they could have just kept being themselves and it would have been fine. We got it. We we, we understand the situation. Like, yeah, like fucking fuck you, dude. But like, even after they, they they hit Rana with their Miata, which is like, oh, oh, two gay guys and a Miata. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's like oh my god i still got i still got the wire on me it's like it's it's a low band like direct communications like do you think they've been following you for the past like 12 hours right how, they, like, how close do they have I, to be yeah, yeah that was i found i found that actually to be the funniest thing because like no <laughs> no no just, just dunk it in some water like yeah. literally an, an earlier scene like they're they're packing up all the recording stuff and they were like you know well okay guess we didn't get them well good try guys all right see you later and, and, the, like, and, and the geek who carries it out it's like the box actually says beta on it <laughs> it's check. like you're you're fine <laughs> nobody nobody's nobody's <laughs> listening to this well maybe bill fickner is still i don't know but i mean he's <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure things have improved since then, but... uh, when, well, I, when i see a guy carrying a betamax box out i'm not really particularly worried well, speaking of William Fickner, uh, he is one of I counted four double ups. Oh this, God! On this podcast, so many returning characters. Uh, he was in uh, Equilibrium, and we, you already mentioned Will Jake Duvall, uh, the the friend who was uh, one of the minor characters in Gone in sixty seconds. Of course, we referenced Timothy Olyphant, who was also in Gone in sixty seconds. And Tay Diggs, woo, bringing it back around to uh, equilibrium again. Can we just call James Duvall Confederated Products Keanu Reeves? <laughs> Jake he's, Duvall, he, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's kinda, <laughs> he is kind of that. We 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 we, we talked we talked about that in in one of the other episodes that he that it's like it's like if you couldn't book Keanu Reeves when he when Keanu Reeves wasn't that famous yet. <laughs> I mean, my, my initial thought with Rana, like rewatching that, and she's probably my least favorite character in this movie. It's like, God, she's just such an insufferable bitch. Like everything about her is just awful. Between her attitude and you know, like her first one of her first jobs is like, you know, basically, how'd that work out for you after the mom with the baby? It's like you can't put bleach with food, which is a totally, as a parent now, understandable request. You don't put freaking bleach with produce, and she's just like, ugh you're the worst and then like you know the, the mom with the baby's like you know you i see i have you your job and she's like how'd that work out for you and it's like that's how it's going to be for you rana that is your future if you're not dead already yeah if you're lucky yeah <laughs> if, if you're not dead already that is your future well so. i mean that's the the main thing about this is was there a single character that was likable like no, I, I hated no. everybody. They, I feel I like they were fucking so, despise everyone. I feel like they were supposed to be likable, and they were not. Like Simon, I think is supposed to be like funny and like, haha, like wow, look at all this stuff he keeps like getting away with, basically. And I'm, but, I'm just but like, we're introduced to him with, with putting uh, shit over his crotch, yeah, and, and, and right. trying to get someone to suck his dick. Like, right, that's know. that's literally his introduction. Yeah, was it for an extra ten or extra twenty? I think 20. It's, I mean twenty. But I mean, ugh, come on, man. That's yeah, that's fucking awful. It's it's all just super gross. But I mean, like, right? All of the characters are just. I, I can't think of a single one. Even I mean, Oliphant like does what he can, kind of with that character. But it's still just like pretty thinly drawn. Like it's, and he's he, super rapey at yeah. one point. Mm. He's like, well, he's supposed to be. I think. I mean, I think that's the but, idea. But then they try to like revive him. Right. Uh, you know, at the end of the movie, like, oh, this is actually kind of sweet. Like, no. Well, the family, the family circus does suck. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> but again, that felt like one of those things where it's like, oh, I have this one funny idea that makes no sense in the context of anything, but I'm just going to write it into this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, like what? Well, first of all, there's there's the reference when when the like drug sting like goes when they they tip her off when Jay Moore tips her off uh, and and gets Ron us or out of that situation but where she's like oh did i mention i'm 17 and like i don't i i thought about it the entire way and i don't know if she's being serious or not or if she's like trying to like play that as like a like a card to just like get her way out of but but like i don't how old are these people supposed to be i have no sense of how old they're supposed to be yeah i don't know i i thought they were maybe like 18, 19, right out of high school, like, we're in college, 
and you know were working a job that they could because I mean basically they're working like Rana and, and her friends are working at Avon's in Los Angeles, right? A Suns, please, Chris. Sorry, but it's <laughs> I thought that it's, was hilarious. This is right, yeah. it's literally Avon's, except that the the V yeah. is an S. On yeah, front. so so it's it's Avon's, which is like I guess owned by Safeway or Lucky or whatever. But my, my guess was is like. I think they're supposed to be like 18, 19, didn't, not in community college, not in college and just trying to, trying to make it, you know? Well, and the the whole like initial, what they sort of like lay out is like the, the uh, sort of driving action of the film is that she's not going to make her rent check. Like that was, Mm -hmm. that's what's used in the entire. $380. Right. In LA. 1999, $380. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, but right, but the point is like <laughs> we talk about the the, the pre nine eleven movies and how low the stakes are in everything. Like three hundred and eighty dollars where this whole thing, you almost died, you got hit by a car and left in a ditch and like you know, being chased by a drug dealer with a gun over a $380 rent check. Like I understand making rent is a big deal when you're especially when you're like first on your own and stuff, but like what that's that's what this movie's <laughs> I guess that's what we well, have to well, care about. That's 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 one of the weird things. I'm sure we'll get into it. But this is 1999. Yeah, it's it's really kind of embarrassing that it didn't know the uh, know the, the the scene. Like, I'm not trying to sound like the dude here, but you know, it like it like it didn't it it didn't know what it was, man. You know, <laughs> it it was just kind of like this lost sort of uh vagrant uh toddler in, in the fucking desert and it was just kind of trying to pick up all the pieces for all the things and it just seemed like this lost fucking movie of like we don't fucking know well that <laughs> i guess that's the question then like i mean I, I i clearly the screenwriter saw like a tarantino movie or two also and that, that screenwriter fucking sucks that that's the guy who did fucking aladdin 2019 well, well, <laughs> But I mean, he clearly saw like Tarantino, like, and who knows if he wrote it back in when did Pulp Fiction go? Was that 93, 94? 94, yeah. All right. So 94, he probably sees it since like gonna make it for kids or teenagers. And then it sat around for five years. And I, I love that you I started know, that with for kids. But that's the thing, well, is, it's <laughs> it's so it is so highly like rave culture specific. And that was like at the earliest, like ninety-six. Like it was like ninety-six, right. ninety-seven was like it would not have even been a like a conversation to to like option that to, like try to write a screenplay that anyone would give a shit about, but then they like don't even it's not even about the culture. Well, yeah, they don't, they don't even get they into don't, anything. They don't they don't actually get into the, the culture at all. It's just like a joke that that these kids take a specific drug and then like they're all idiots. Well, like they're like that's, t- that's they're, they're literally taking like over the counter aspirin and pretending like they're high. Like that's that's yeah. the whole like, it's, it's, thing. It, it doesn't it's, actually get in anything. Take it's it not... with a lot of pot. Take yeah. it with a lot of pot, and you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a lot, um, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> it's it's it seems like it's it's coming on the cusp of um, kids with Rosario yeah. Dawson. You know the the actual like let's get into it thing, and this is like the. PG version of that? I don't know. It's rated R though. Yeah, I mean it's, it's, it's got boobs. It has oh. it has everything. It has gunshots and drug use and it has everything. It has all the R markers. But like <laughs> like it's it's you, there's nobody learns anything. Nothing comes right. like uh, they, yeah. Like what I don't I got to the end and I'm like I don't understand why this exists. <laughs> like what what is the purpose of this movie? Like I I don't what is what there's no moral. There's no don't do two tabs, ecstasy, Noah. Don't do two tabs. Right, that's about it. Only... But they leave that motherfucker in a fucking backpack. Oh, oh god! Thirds of the movie. But you could argue that he maybe has like the the best, like the least consequential like set of events of anyone in the film. Like he gets really he high, doesn't and, matter, <laughs> and then sleeps behind like a piece of you know corrugated metal, and then that's it. Then he's fine the next day. Like that's it, if the but, moral but, of the but, story but, is. Is don't do two tabs of, of ecstasy. The goo to do two tabs of ecstasy turned out just fine compared to pretty much everybody else. <laughs> so maybe do. <laughs> That's exactly your point. Like none of this matters. Nothing of consequence happens. Yeah, nobody, and, and there's nobody no, learns anything. 
right there's no moral tie to any to any of the events like it doesn't like there's no lesson out of any of it like yeah when 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 it closed and um we saw katie holmes uh slides the or wait no she accepts the keys from sarah polly after their idiot friend has recovered from doing two <laughs> mega doses of, of the pharmaceutical medicine. grade, Will. Pharmaceutical grade. None of that crunchy herbal rage <laughs> shit, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Almost threw something at the TV when I said that. My wife literally looked at me and was like, what, 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 why, why? Like, what, what's the fucking point of this whole movie? It's like there, there's nothing. There's nothing here. It's and, and and the worst sin that it commits is that it's fucking boring. Yeah, it's fucking boring. Well, and a lot of the stuff that it tries, like we can get into, like let's just get into the sort of the, of the time and era references because I think that's that's so much of what marks this movie is like just being stuck in this weird late '90s thing. I mean, like just the existence of people like Breck and Meyer in this movie, and then him <laughs> him like trying to be like like in with his one black friend and like it you know i mean like like the whole that whole like that examination of race relations <laughs> that would have that, that would have been a better movie noah in that like how does um confederate products keanu and breckin meyer become friends with tay diggs and, 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 all four of those guys how are they in a car together how are well, they friends at least they, they I, I remember like lip service they just said like simon met them in traffic school okay Fine. So he missed. He, also, he, what the fuck is traffic school? What? Really? Oh, you've asked the right person. <laughs> you, okay. You 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 asked a, a lawyer who deals uh, in traffic court. <laughs> so I basically, you lubing up your hands. <laughs> <laughs> so it, my it, time it, has arrived. Oh, oh <laughs> the stones have shown upon me. Um, no. <laughs> There's the diversion program, basically. Like, if you get enough moving violations to keep your license, you have to go to a online and or in person. My guess in 1999, it was probably in person. Traffic re-education course, where basically you learn the rules of the road all over again, and you take a course, you just sit there, they give you a certificate, you sign off on it, and you get to keep your license. So how does Simon, who's a Brit, have a license to have to go to tra- i mean it it oh god i we're going down a rabbit hole we don't have to go down i had to meet myself because i was laughing so much <laughs> fair <laughs> enough um well all right so let's we're, we're talking about the this being a very 1999 movie um what's uh what were some of the things that really stood out to you chris in terms of really pegging this to that strange moment uh of you know stained and limp biscuited uh uh america oh um claire saying uh or sorry stop paging me so i mean clearly there's pagers in play yeah um i mean the soundtrack i mean obviously yeah Um, we'll, we'll get into the soundtrack in a minute yeah yeah just uh i mean Chris, why did you torment us with this? <laughs> I liked this when I was 17. <laughs> I, hold on. I, we, we, we'll get into all the rest of it. I, 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 want, I want to really hammer home because there's I have such a long a laundry list of this, but I want to see what, uh, what everybody else got in terms of like of the time and era references. Well, what else did you have? Literally everything is 90s. Yeah, I mean like the whole movie, but like, uh, uh, like it, it even opens with like people doing the twisty hand thing with uh it's like intercut with a rave like the glow opening. lights it's, yeah. it starts with the rave i i was never part of the rave scene and uh i like the hardest drug i've ever done is smoking some weed uh so i was never part of that and maybe that's why this movie didn't resonate with me but it's just it's just the fucking uh, i'm sorry i hated this i really hated it it's all right well, I, I don't like it anymore either. But the, the, there was there was a there was a ton of stuff, and we'll get it. Like I said, we'll get into the soundtrack because the soundtrack was extremely of this era and of this of the films of this era in terms. Yeah, of I'm like I'm like literally trying to like think of something that actually makes sense in terms of like a '90s thing. Well, but, so but I can't. I mean, there's like one of the characters says, "I've already got a swatch." Remember oh, swatches, swatches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Right. That you mentioned the pager thing. Just call me when you get to a landline was one of the lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, a uh, gay slur that uh, would not. Oh. Your yeah. your f word friend. Uh, we, you will already already mentioned the mistletoe over the crotch. The I'll throw in an extra twenty for a blowjob. Uh, very like gross sexualizations. Uh, that probably would not fly today either. That are played for laughs. Uh, there was a ho ho homeless joke. Uh, oh, in there. Yeah. I missed yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, child rape joke. Child rape joke. Child rape. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like, last vestige of this era of stuff that got played for laughs before everyone was like, oh, we should not do that anymore. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think my brain stopped working at some point in this movie. Well, let's talk about the soundtrack, because that's the rest of the thing that is extremely of this time. Uh, what what stood out to you? Oh, no. Why would you also that was own the nine. soundtrack? <laughs> well, I'll tell you why. Um, I, I really liked... Uh, Steal My Sunshine by Len. And of course, this is before, this is 1999 me. Um, this is also before like MP3s because I didn't have it. I didn't have internet until basically I went to college. So if I wanted to listen to a song, I could either, you know, put a cassette in and hit record when the Dina said like, all right, coming up now is, you know, whatever. Or I could buy the album and that's what I did. Have you okay. listened to the last 10 seconds of that song? Nope. You should and will. You should throw it into the podcast. The only reason I ask is because my wife literally made like a summer playlist of just like, like oh, this is going to be like our like summer and like there's like throwback songs and there's current songs and that song is on there. And there's a bizarre, I'm sure it's a transition to something else in the album. <laughs> just just go ahead and listen when you get a chance to the last 10 seconds of that song. I'm going to make my wife listen to it. Which yeah, yeah, this is very strange. Chris, before you, before you commit to this, like, are you sure you're not going to be disbarred? <laughs> yeah pretty sure he'll, he'll be fine everything will be fine yeah um I, yeah, we had fat boy slim we had an air song that i recognized from from that era there was a song that was at the drug deal that was this, uh, also used in snatch um mm-hmm. and what the else macarena remix macarena yeah oh. talk about extremely 90s Dude, that still lives in my current life because every single Polish um, reception, not the remix, the original, that gets played. So that is, um, I, I signed up for it. Of all the things to have lasted from this era of disposable like uh, pop culture, like for the Macarena to have made it, through, like you, you know what the other one is, right? You know what the other song is that somehow is still played in ballparks and arenas and even i don't know bar mitzvahs and stuff is who let the dogs out like we the macarena and who let the dogs out are the two like just musical terrors that have somehow permeated all the way into 2021 i by the way i i just didn't even bother with gacha watch i just didn't care so no. there, there's no gacha watch for this for this episode um can I, can I add in that i i hate magic carpet ride and i really oh hate, god yeah. i really hate the remix of magic carpet ride um God, I, I hate that song so much. <laughs> uh, Will, were there any other soundtrack things that stood out to you? Uh, no, I hated it. I hate everything about this movie. It's it's just, it's crammed the same way that we've talked about other films on this podcast and just in general, where like it's a movie built almost around its soundtrack. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of like winky, 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 nod, nod stuff that were like, if you, if you wrote, if Guy Ritchie didn't have a sense of humor, that would be this movie. <laughs> you know? Well, That's we already saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Revolver. <laughs> I'm trying to find some positives here. So who was your favorite? Oh, my God, I can't believe that person's in this film. Uh, for me, like, Tay Diggs. Um, I-, I think he was probably the most enjoyable character in this movie. I, I mean, nobody's really particularly enjoyable, but um, no, I-, I liked him. I don't like they use this as a vehicle for like casual racism, you know, between, you know, um, the bathroom attendant, the uh, parking attendant. And then I did like, it was just like, finally, fuck it. We're taking this Ferrari. And I was like, go get him, Tay. All right. Yeah. That's probably the only character I was like, you know, all right. Yeah. Well, any, any uh, 
Yeah, I think Tay Diggs is the highlight of this movie, if there is a highlight, and it's a very minor highlight. I love Tay Diggs. I have noted that in uh, previous episodes, because he was also in Equilibrium. Uh, I really do love him. Uh, Can I ask you you this, Will? Why is his career not, like, blossom because i mean everything i see him and i like he's he's in like a lot of really cool stuff and i right i just don't know and uh probably one of actually one of my favorite movies of all time way of the gun never seen it no never heard of it heard of it never seen it it's a fantastic fucking movie and he plays a um a hitman hired to protect a pregnant woman and it's just he's just Again, he's he's playing against Benicio del Toro, Ooh, and it's, it's yeah, it's it's great. It's so good. Insane. Well, I uh, as as funny as it was to see Jay Moore like in an actual like acting role, uh, the I thought that there were the the two like very very minor, and I don't know that I would even call them underused because I don't know that you would really have done any more with either of these characters. But it was just hilarious to see them both in, in the film where uh, both Jane Krakowski and Melissa McCarthy yeah. <laughs> showing up. Yeah. And, and Melissa McCarthy, I like I don't didn't know who she was until a lot later than this film. Like I oh, don't yeah. I don't remember the first time that, that I like knew who she was as like as a comedian, as an actress, but like it was a lot later than 1999. And it was very funny to like see her just like pop up on the screen in this like very minor role as like uh, a, f- a fangirl right uh-huh. just like oh my god you guys uh, yeah <laughs> yeah she gets like 45 seconds of screen time but she makes the most of it yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it was weird to see her sort of like do you know that you're gay oh yeah you're definitely gay okay cool so you know you're gay like it was a very strange cameo there's so many strange things though like like even just the will thickner like ass shot it's like, why did we, we, we have, yeah, we haven't even gotten into that. <laughs> I was like, what, what, where, where did this come from? I mean, again, that, that's a whole just bait and switch thing where they try to set up that, that, oh, they're like trying to like lure these guys into their house. And, and the entire thing with him, I mean, when he gets introduced, when, when, when William Fickner's character gets introduced, the entire thing with him is that like, he seems like he's gay or at least like open to the idea and is trying to get these he's probing these guys to see if they're gay like like it's that seems to be the entire sort of thing is he's like he's like oh yeah what about your girlfriend you know and, and then yeah. like that's that, pretty hot right and, and, and yeah. Then, yeah right and then future future 30 rock star what's her face jane uh, krasinski jane krasinski jane krakowski 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 uh, we, we should get that right oh boy yeah mm smashes her face against the other guy right it's like what what are we setting up here is yeah it mashed potatoes is it like a misconnection does she want to bone him is it like a fluid relationship where like she acknowledges that her husband's gay and just okay we're gonna each get our own jolly like that was just so but then but then the whole thing is just is just an mlm scheme like that's like, <laughs> like that's... I guess it was funny, but but it didn't made no sense. Like none of it made any sense. Like clearly they were setting it up to be that, and then it wasn't. And yeah, I mean, it, uh, the end result is is a lot of fun. It's great. It's probably the the only good payoff in the movie. The only the only part that I got a chuckle out of too was you know when what was the friend the guy that took two tabs was it Manny? Manny. Yeah, it sounds right. And, yeah, and and he's just like at the um you know the infrared checkout, and like I've been that you know, messed up where like something that's like innocuous is like, boop, boop, boop. You know, just like, you know, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. It was like, okay, they got that part. I did like the part where he was kind of dancing to his but, own. But, his own. Yeah, but, but then it segues into the Macarena where he's like dancing with the other checkout, you know, lady that like turns over, just kind of looks at him casually. Well, it's all, it's all like all in his brain. Like, oh, of course. Whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I got to check a lot of that, like the, you know, the boop 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 you know that was oh, i got it yeah i've been there
we've already sort of touched on this, but uh, <laughs> uh, do we have an answer other than just like dead for what has happened to each of these characters in the intervening time since this film ended in, in, in the, the 22 <laughs> years of real life, uh, Chris? I mean, I think Simon probably got deported, you know, back to, you know, jolly old England, you know, for sure. I don't, think, no, I don't even think he made it that far. Oh, uh, well, I mean, he got shot in the arm at the end, I guess. So he, yeah, he, I mean, he might have ended up getting shipped back in a container, but I don't think he was still <laughs> breathing at that point. Oh, Donnie boy, the pipes, oh. the pipes are calling. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Um, I, I guess Katie Holmes' character maybe turned out okay. Maybe. She seems way too trusting of a drug dealer. Yeah, she has bad taste in men. Uh, abs- I mean, yeah. I mean, she's probably a virgin, right? Judging by, you know, Tippy the I don't know. I don't think so. She had a she had a sort of strange reaction to that question because she was asked that in the movie. Right. Yeah. So it's unlikely that she's a virgin. I mean, I think Rana is probably maybe alive, but if she is alive, she's basically the you know the <laughs> she has hip dysplasia. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a kid that she's like, you know, you can't put bleach with the produce. You know, that's, that's, that's it. I feel like she walked that off awfully, awfully easily. Considering yeah, the next day she's like, you know, hey, hey, I'm here. I'm here for my shift. I made rent. $380. I guess like what the cycle continues, like she doesn't quite make $380 a month per rent. And like every month she has to do a new go type scenario. So... I don't know. I, I mean, I guess Timothy Oliphant's character is, I mean, he seems pretty like just standard drug dealer. Yeah, like I guess most drug dealers are like kind of bad at their jobs. Yeah. That's just kind of like how it works. So like, you know, he's like particularly any worse than any other one, but like. No, I mean, at, at least you know enough to like, you know, ask, you know, Ron to like, you know, show me your tits and like, you know, take up the shirt to like make sure there's not a wire so I mean, he's got that level of, I guess, criminal acumen for a drug dealer, but at the same time, like, awfully fucking trusting. I was gonna um, say you're da- you're damning with faint praise here, my friend. It, yes. I, I I mean, just like, no, I don't I don't fucking know you. Like, you, you oh, you came by one time with Simon, and you bought like a dime bag off of me. Now I'm gonna sell you like the 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 intent to distribute level of a Schedule One narcotic. I feel like one of these people made it out of this world and like went straight and, and never spoke about it again and is like a successful something and the others are all dead. And I don't and I couldn't tell you who who made it out. It, it's really a coin flip, you know, on on which character. Tay Diggs and his tantric sex. Guarantee it. He's got his well, mind on the yeah. Yeah, sure. I oh. meant I, I meant of the main of the like our sort of uh, main main right. trio plus Oliphant, you know, but I actually wanted to ask how did Simon learn tantric sex in an afternoon? <laughs> You just, it was, it was a mind thing, man. You, you got to put your head into it. Well, because he's boning the two uh, Jewish women from the... Are they Jewish? Yes. I, 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 I missed that. I, they were speaking yeah. with accents, like not American accents. No. They, they, no, no, no. Like, they have the, he, the, the, all the men have yarmulkes. Yarmulkes. Yeah, he literally walks in like, like a... He looks... He does not yeah. look... Yeah, he does not look of the event and then the, the, right. the two older jewish ladies are like literally handing him vials of champagne flutes of champagne rather and like nobody bats an eye is like an, oh it's a party you know everybody here's jewish wearing yarmulkes that guy's not wearing yarmulke but yeah and then he he like downs like a lemon cake looks like a lemon yeah cake. yeah something and then he porks the the, the two jewish um, bridesmaids <laughs> I gotta say though, if like if I was ever in a room with a girl that like had to stuff like cotton up her nose to smoke pot, I'd just be like, I'm out. Yeah, it's not. That's just why don't we just skip you? That's fine. Uh, no, like okay, yeah, I'm so out. It's like, honey, this is not for you. I don't think I've ever seen a Jewish wedding in Vegas either. Like that's just that's just <laughs> doesn't feel as speaking as as a as at least a very lax Jew. Like it just doesn't feel right. Like <laughs> that's not where that's not where we get married. <laughs> no, my first wife was Jewish. We did it on Long Island. That's kind of where you do it. Yeah, it's not Vegas. <laughs> um, what uh, what else didn't we cover? Well, have I, have I missed any of our? Um, yeah, I, I just I, thought that the second act was just like everything's just so casual. It's like casual raping a small children casual 
walks in a Jewish wedding casual that is a bad joke ca- oh it was terrible I was like really, and then they have to like really. try to get the kid to like help him out of the the bind to open the door by giving him money it's just everything felt so inappropriately casual well and again it's it's all just played for laughs so the idea is that it's supposed to be funny but it's like not but it's not funny yeah no and again that is the greatest sin that a movie that bills itself as a comedy can be if you're not funny that's yeah. just the worst fucking thing ever but will it's a razor sharp dark comedy son of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I, I was curious. I, it, on on IMDb, it is listed as comedy, comma crime. But it's not even a crime. Fucking not. Movie. No, it's but, not. But like, I, okay. So let's do a real quick five minute thing here. If if a comedy doesn't make you laugh, how do you feel afterward? Versus if a horror movie doesn't make you scared, how does that make you feel? Like, I think if you walk away from a horror movie. And you're not scared. You're like, okay, well, it did some cool creature stuff, or it tried, and that's okay. But if it's a comedy that doesn't make you fucking laugh, that is like, again, just like a cardinal sin. Yeah, and I mean, you can do so many other things with comedy. I mean, there's like you can have movies that are funny that are not that's like it's not the point of them is to be funny, and that's the thing is. I, it never felt to me like the point of the movie. I mean, a little bit the second act, which again doesn't really make sense. Like, like it's it's so it's so just haywire, and like the characters are so unlikable that like you just you're immediately put off from the whole thing. You like w- want to see them get like killed in their hotel room, <laughs> uh, but like but but you're just like you're like that that was supposed to be this like high wire act comedy kind of thing, and and, and you're just like I don't like a happenstance of like you know just like simon's pure id just like i want it i want it i'm gonna touch it i'm gonna order champagne i'm gonna touch touch the butt and and it's like they they ditched two of the four because of like iodine poisoning like right from the get-go and i'm like so why are they even there these these people are terrible friends to each other (laughs) like they they don't have each other's back like they're just they're awful people and like that's the running theme they're all terrible people that don't care about one another whatsoever they're just looking to get whatever they need at the moment but but the thing is that can be extremely funny as it's always sunny in philadelphia like showed that's actually if, where I was going. If yeah. you, if you, if you, if the whole point is to hate the characters, is to root for them to fail, you can really have fun with that, and that can be great. But like, I don't think the movie wants us to hate these characters. We just do, yeah, because like, they just fucking suck. But like, I don't think that's the intent. <laughs> I don't really don't think that's the intent. I mean, who are we supposed to like then? Like. I think you're supposed to like everybody. I mean, I think you're supposed to be like, oh, that's like my one goofy friend and that's my one horny friend. And that's like that one girl that I like. And that's the, I mean, literally, I think you're supposed to like see the people in your life in the, in these characters, like for, as like a young person and God, man, if these are the people <laughs> that are in your life, like maybe pick up and just move to a new city and start. <laughs> <laughs> it just, man. it just sucks. Hey, well, it's got a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes by the critics. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. No, it does not. Yes, it does. A it's, 91%? I'm looking at it right now on my phone. 91%, 76 reviews, and audience score 78%. All right, any, let's, let's wrap this. Any, anything else, any other notes you guys had that you wanted to get to? Is this a Christmas movie? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, technically, I guess it is. It is. It is, and there was that horrible, like, thought that it was a really smart line that Katie Holmes had, where she was like, <laughs> it was like, that's the thing, the thing I love best about Christmas, like, the surprises that's supposed to be, I think, evocative of, like, oh, like, these, turns out that, like, this is a cop sting, and turns out that, like, and you're just like, ah, sorry, man, the payoffs weren't that good to, like, <laughs> to be, like, get, like, self-referential about them. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it, I think it is a Christmas movie. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it just feels like, like my thought was like, this is a movie about making rent, by any means necessary, and who cares about the other stories? Like that's kind of what I got out of it. Yeah, um, if they sold up, they played up the working class hero side of it, and you know, like, yeah, okay, sure, I get more sure. on board with it. Um, well, to yeah. that end, I, 
can this movie get made again today? I mean, is is this you know is there a, is there a, a version of this movie that that we think can get made today? Not for twenty million dollars. Um, I'm gonna say no. I don't think anybody's gonna buy on this uh, this idea in the script. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, well, what what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I think there's some kernel of of an idea there, and you can take it and maybe you sort of rejigger it into like, we need to make such and such money. And, uh, you know, you can do something where you get the community behind it instead of just like uh, this, this weird perverse thing with like a drug dealer. Well, well, do you think if you just followed the drug dealer and just made it about him? Cause I mean, I think like, Olaf was, like, I think Olaf like, was good. I mean, <clears throat> as far as the characters go. You could do a standalone thing, but also I found it, I found it really repulsive that they tried to tried to whitewash Timothy Oliphant at the end with Katie Holmes. It's like, oh, he's he's just a uh, good honest drug dealer trying to make his own <laughs> Just reading the family circus, drinking a coffee. <laughs> there's so much about this movie that's fucked that I wouldn't want to make this movie. Again. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, like, I think the most compelling thing is, is the format, is the idea of like, oh, we're gonna tell this story from three different points of view, and then and then reveal stuff by having like using that format. It doesn't have to be this story at all. It can be a completely yeah. different story because like the characters don't matter in this story, and the plot doesn't matter in this story. Like, not we, we've established that it's all just kind of vomit, and like like if if you. But I, I like the idea of, of and I, I mean, like, I was just thinking about, like, uh, my friend and I made a short film in college where, like, I had an idea that the whole idea, the whole thing was going to be run from A to Z, and there was going to be, you'd see, like, all the letters pop up as, as two people were having a conversation, and then at the end, a different word would spell out using the same clips, but it would suddenly be a completely different message. And, like, and then I figured out, and I went back and I wrote it. Yeah, reverse engineered from that idea like to how that would play out and you know they sort of in the same way where like you've told the story once and then like you you the audience doesn't know that they're about to be told the story a second time and then a third time from these other points of view like i think using that like that style i think has potential but but this story just doesn't there's no story here we don't we, no. we really don't need we don't need white girl the movie yeah that's that's awful it's always awful and it, it this really feels like a wasted opportunity to to get all these actors together to do like cool interesting stuff uh as i've said i love tay Diggs, <clears throat> but this is just like why, why are we do, why are we doing a fake anthology yeah no, I, I i haven't seen sarah Polly in a lot of stuff but like the things i have seen her in she's just always just like not pleasant yeah you know like no she's like it was just well, like she's the, she's the fucking nurse in in zach uh whatever his name is zach snyder's dawn of the dead dawn of the dead yeah and yeah. she sucks in that too yeah she's the same basically like unlikable character it's just like it even i mean i get that life's hard and especially if you're working like a minimum wage job like oh I, no I, i'm white and i have a I, job well i mean but I've, I've worked minimum wage jobs and like had to sleep on couches and not made rent and you know i get it but it's like there were reprieves in it where I had a break and I was with my friends in the back and I'd just be like, you know, fuck man, this sucks. Let's just like hash it out and tell some jokes. But even the back when they're in like in the back, you know, in the fridge, she's still just awful. They're, to they're her all, friends. They're all miserable people. Like they're yeah. all they're all unlikable, miserable people. That's that's like they don't really make an effort to make them not that, you know. And I thought maybe when I was when I was seventeen, it's like you know, oh, being a dick's kind of you know, all right, you know, you could be a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we I think already know the answer to this, but the uh, purpose of this podcast, we must ask the final question, the all important question, Chris. Do you still like this movie? No. <laughs> no. Hard no. Yeah, there's not a lot there to like. Mm -mm. Right. This is mine and will's first run through so we didn't have a chance to uh ever like it in the first place uh will i already think we know your opinion um 
yeah i i i don't have a whole lot else to say <laughs> do you guys have any final thoughts sorry guys <laughs> I, I i liked this movie when i was 17 <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's okay. I liked I liked the Boondock Saints when I was seventeen. So. I did too. <laughs> and I don't like it anymore either. No, we we. I mean this is you know we 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 learn on this podcast. We we learn about our former selves and and the ways in which we've uh, matured over the years. So it's all about learning and healing. <laughs> we're in the, we're in, we're in the tree and we're we're safe in the in the nest in the tree. I thought um, they're white white panties white panties. <laughs> <laughs> Could have gone. On that note, uh, <laughs> make sure you are uh, following the accounts on Instagram and on Twitter at like this movie. Feel free to jump into the conversation using the hashtag ITILTM. That's hashtag ITILTM. And we will see you back here next week. I Think I Like This Movie is created by Noah Frank and hosted by Noah Frank and Will Vitka. Editing by Will Vitka. All music on the show, unless otherwise noted, provided courtesy of the South County All-Stars. Copyright 2021. Touch the butt. <laughs>